Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome to our 86th episode with Asaf Vand, the CEO and co-founder at Hippo. Asaf is the CEO and co-founder of InsurTech startup Hippo, a company that is reimagining home insurance through the lens of homeowners, more comprehensive coverage at up to 25% less than competitors. Previously, he founded Sabi, which was acquired, was a consultant with McKinsey & Company, and invested with Intel Capital. Asaf holds an MBA from the University of Chicago and a BA in finance and LLB in law from IDC Herzliya. Asaf is also my wonderful boss at Hippo Insurance. Asaf Van, thank you for being on 20 Minute Leaders. Thanks for having me. This is so special. This is the first 20 Minute Leaders out of, I think, 120 that I'm doing it in person. Anything that we can, uh, you know, well, I have fix the, it up is good. Well, I have the privilege of being here in the Hippo offices yeah. and being a new Hippo employee, software engineer here. And uh, I've been waiting for a very long time to do the video with you. Uh, so I'm very happy to do it in person. Asaf, who are you? Uh, Wow. Uh, uh, every single person that I meet in the Valley, in Tel Aviv, wherever, they know Asaf Vand. Everybody knows Asaf Vand. Why is that? It's from the, the pictures that I used to have on Ayalon. Me and uh, Bar Faeli had it together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually know. have a picture. No, of course not. Look, look at this schnoz. Do you think that they uh, <laughs> put it on any picture? Uh, I, I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's a combination of me being for enough time in this scene, plus uh, basically the belief that entrepreneurship is in a creative environment. And because of that, you help whenever you can, and you bust the buck forward, and you're always being helpful. And the question you should ask is, how can I help you? Over a period of time, what, how long have you been an entrepreneur? How long do you consider yourself? Is it from back from IDC Zell, from the army? When do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Uh, I don't know. I never consider myself an entrepreneur. I just consider myself, a, I cannot work for anybody. I'm the worst employee there is. Okay. So the only other option for me was to build my own uh, environment. Right. I'm just I'm not very good with uh, hierarchy. I'm not very good in, you know, in... in Consulting, I was a mediocre consultant with McKinsey. I'm a lot better entrepreneur. I think I'm an okay manager. Interesting. But I'm, uh, I, I think I'm set up for, you know, I don't like status quo. Any Since I was a, a kid, it doesn't matter what. I can go to the ice cream parlor and I'm like, what, what, what in my mind is like, that's the dumbest thing ever because they should pick up the, the money in here and do the the, the, the the turnover there. And then they should You're always thinking about I, how, I, to, how to improve. And I'm not good at like, I, I and I, I believe that uh, you should always jump in and change. And if you're not, then shut the fuck up because you don't have any, any say. Right. Uh, and because of that, I'm basically an entrepreneur or what is considered now to be entrepreneur. You can call it self-employed in a certain time, <laughs> in between jobs, whatever term you want to call it. I that's what I'm set up. For. Interesting. Okay, so hippo, uh, entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people go into cybersecurity, into uh, different B two C products. A lot of you know, every, most of the things we see on TV uh, are B two C and these really fun products. That you go into insurance, a really heavy industry, very yeah. old industry. 
and not something that the average entrepreneur on the street would say, huh, yes, I'm ready to go into insurance. Yes. Uh, What's up with that? Probably all of the stuff that I believe in entrepreneurship, plus all of the corrections for my prior fuck-ups are exactly in that field. So let me, uh, let, let's break them into different components. Let's do it. One, it's a massive term. It's $100 billion, just home insurance itself. In the U.S., so, you know, I'm not even talking global and stuff like that. In the U.S. is a $100 billion market that grows at $5 billion a year. Wow. So it's not this question of Gartner is saying that by 2027, this field is going to be $2.3 billion. And you have 17 different companies vying for VC money to basically go into that field. It's also a very interesting thing because when you're pitching VCs, it's not about am I going to be the most dominant in Kiel, State Farm, and Allstate. No, there's a lot of space for a lot of other players in the market. Right. Give us 1% of this market, we build a $5, $10 billion company. So give me, a, let's, let's go up 30,000 feet really quick and then we'll come back down. Sure. What, what is insurance? What is the home buyer's insurance in the US over the past few decades? What are we seeing? Because what we do at Hippo here is, is something pretty unique in the scope of, of, of insurance giving. Yeah. So think about Home insurance, the last 100 years. Channel is solely via agents. You're being sold insurance via agent. Right. The average age of an agent now in the U.S. is 60. 60? Yeah, there's less than half the agent that used to be 10 years ago. Wow. So now there's a bunch of... When was the last time that... But more people are buying homes, so how does that make sense? It's just that agents don't want to sell you home insurance. They want to shift to sell you commercial product where you don't have high frequency and you sell a lot more cars on the road. Yep. But do you want to service people that have car insurance? Because every 1.7 years you have a claim because someone nicked your car, you had an accident, and then you're calling your agent, I need a replacement car. They, they fixed it. They didn't fix it. There was a depreciation. I'm like, There's a point where you said, F it. Listen, I, I just want to do it. I, I prefer to sell you something that doesn't have a high frequency right. and sense. I make a lot more money. So hence, all auto insurance has shifted to be direct. You're going to Geico and Progressive. You're buying via a call center or via the web. Our analysis was that there is going to be similar lines that are bound to go the route of direct. Home insurance is one, SMB is two, and the third one is life insurance. And we started to analyze all of these things and, our, and we thought home insurance is something that fits our core skills of going deep into specific areas, a lot of data, and this is going to be tweaked. So for, firstly, moving it to the direct, to enable you to purchase however you want. Right. You can buy you know, online, mobile, via our call center that belongs to us, via other insurance company that sells it, via right. independent. We're agnostic. You're always going to get the same price. Second thing, coverage is stuck in the 60s. So if you actually have the time when you're never going to do it, and you're going to open your home insurance policy, you'll see that you're covered for stuff like fur coats, $5,000. Uh, mausoleums and crypts, $6,000. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, China, silverware, copperware, things of that. Gold bullion covered. Yeah. Uh, stamp collection, $2,000. Physical bonds that your granddad gave you for yeah. you know, a G thing, covered. But electronics, capped at $2,000. Well, what you have in your bag, now that you have this fancy equipment, it's even more, but it's more than that. Uh, home office, not covered. Right. Bicycle, camping equipment, strollers, ski equipment. So basically the things that actually are happening with the millennial yes. generation, with a new no, home. Not just millennials. Like, you know, I'm not a millennial. In my, and I have a lot more electronics in a home office and, you know, a lot of other yeah. stuff that happens. 
there was some other stuff that when we started the company was also uh, challenging lifestyle for us. So for instance, gay couples in states that we didn't recognize it couldn't yeah. be registered as both of them on the same policy. Really? Oh, no, yes, because it would, they weren't recognized as, as wow. being uh, married. So then uh, really, I said, so we live together, but only my half of the of the closet is covered for losses, but not right. your half. It was just very foreign to us, to how people live their life. And and we thought that this is about modernizing insurance and doing right. like that. So we started with, so we started a company five years ago where yeah. the thought was we're going to build a direct, we're going to build Geico. We're modernizing we're, insurance. We're, that's the second thing. We started with like, we're going to build progressive or Geico for home insurance. And okay. they to buy. That's how we started. Then we realized the coverages are off. So we need to modernize home insurance. And now we're at a point which is we are, it's probably not the most branding kind of thing because we haven't massaged it enough, but it's the shift from being a reactive company to proactive. Right. Insurance is a reactive experience. You have a crappy onboarding at day one. We change that. We, 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 you know, we spend a lot of time, you, you're very familiar with that, right. to make it seamless, pre-fill all of the data for you. And then you have a crappy experience at year nine, which we have our claim concierge and we're doing everything 24-7 and we have an NPS of like 70 on wow. the claims. When you have a- On the claims. On the claims In side. the horrible situation, yes. you have an NPS of 70. Because we need to be very honest with our customers and help them sure. as much as possible. And what really drives me now is this nine-year time frame that the Michael is a customer of EPO until you have a claim. Yeah. Now think about that time. A, insurance companies don't even call you a customer, they call you a policyholder. Yes. Because the customer was the agent. Not the end customer. We'll I have bring to say, the, the day that I onboarded Hippo, the number of times that people, that, that my onboarding uh, managers told me, Michael, we're, we're looking at customers, not policy numbers. Get Just get that out of your head. We're, we're customer forward. We're Please, guest forward. Uh, now, we have multiple agents that sell us are also customer, and it's completely fine. And we need right. to build them tools right. to basically address them in the right totally. way, just like we need to focus back totally. on the customer. So think about that. You have... You bought a policy. Yeah. It was a shitty experience. Fine. You forgot about it. And then you know up front when you bought the policy that after nine years, when you're going to have a claim, the first sentence that's going to come up of your mouth is, I knew this shit's going to happen. <laughs> For nine years, I've been paying you guys every month. And just when it's going to happen, I knew this is going to happen. Like, you know, when you show me how many products in the world, like you're buying it, knowing it's going to be like that when it's going to happen. More than that. Right. It's a bizarre product to begin with, and we can have a side discussion on that. On It's a product that you as a customer don't ever want to use, and me as the person who actually give you the product don't want you to ever use. It's a very awkward kind of product. Really? Okay, so now we wanted, what we decide is like this nine-year time frame that you're a customer, how can we align interests? How can we treat our customers differently? Now, you don't want to hear from us. I'm, I'm your insurance company. Me sending you weekly. You're like, what the hell? You're just going to block me on the spam. And we haven't done anything. So there needs to be something deep in alignment. Right. And insurance now is a reactive uh, process. You, you, you're you paying every year on the renewal. And then after nine years, you have a claim. And now the insurance companies, you know, that's their, their, their time right. to, to deliver on that. And it's usually it doesn't work well. Of course. So we thought about that. What's the best experience in the world for a claim? is that you had a claim and five seconds later, someone stepped in, you had a damage on your, your roof. There was a leak in the roof and it's $20,000. You need to replace your roof. And five seconds later, someone came, Michael, here's your $20,000 check, which is exactly the, the sum. And this is as good as it can be. But then for three weeks, you're not going to be at home. You need to find a contractor to fix your roof. 
you probably lost some of the artifacts that you have in the in the stuff, all of your favorite clothes, your favorite sofa, and it's a mess. And this is as good as it could be that someone gave you, and you would yeah. say that my insurance company was amazing. I had the damage and they paid everything on the spot. That, that's a crappy experience. So we thought, yeah. what can be better than that? And we thought that the best experience is if we avoid the claim from happening in the first place, which yes. is good for us as an insurance company, but it's very good for you. Yes. So this is, was our shift to be a proactive insurance company, and it has three components. One, we basically said, why do we use the data only once? If, if I'm already pre-filling all of the data, aerial imagery to see the condition of the roof, permit records and all of that, why are we doing it only once for the onboarding? Shouldn't we do underwriting on an ongoing basis? Right. So every time I have an aerial imagery pool, we're running all of our customers, basically homes, through that. And if there is a discoloration on the roof on Michael's home, someone is going to call you and say, listen, our data, you know, you know that we're monitoring your home from time to time. Our data sources showed that you had a, you know, a discoloration on the roof. I think we should send a roofer. And right. it's going to be free of charge. And, you know, I mean, that's part of the modernization where you're not, you're not relying just on, on them filling out a 15-minute questionnaire of when was the, what year was your roof built. No, Which you nobody knows. And, exactly. You go and you automatically are able to pull in all these sources. And it's not just passively uh, pulling them. You're actually actively looking and developing technologies. Exactly. that are able to look at pictures, look at aerial maps, consolidate with different APIs, and then real, perform a high analysis. And ongoing. And, and, on, and let's right. do it ongoing to help prevention from happening in the first place. I'll give you an example. Like, uh, I think like 14% of our customers have something material changing their house when it comes to renewal. And I mean, added a swimming pool, uh, turn the garage into a living room, right. Start, you know, do a free, full redo of the kitchen and, and stuff like that. Broke a wall. Not, not a single one called us. Now, I don't blame them because it's not the, the uh, why do it? Now, when we're calling and say, listen, Michael, we saw that you added a swimming pool. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you know, I, I think I think we should increase your liability insurance because there's a chance that the that the kid's neighbor is going to jump into the pool when you're away. Yeah. And it's risky. I think we should increase it. And it's going to cost you an extra $2.30. And 99.9% of them say, oh, thank you so much. I really, really forgot about that. Now, yeah. sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes our, our, we, we saw that the permits record showed that you replaced the roof. And you're entitled to a 5% discount. It's not about maximizing and upselling. It's about making sure that this contract that we have of an insurance company and the insured is that we're going to be the safety net. And instead of the safety net getting smaller and smaller and have gaping holes, we're constantly making sure that it's the right kind of safety net to catch you if, God forbid, something happened. And this is what we're doing. So one is using the data to do ongoing underwriting. Second thing is... We give packages, uh, IoT device. We actually in this room, you can probably bring from the other side of the table. Oh, wow, yeah. Yes. Actually, uh, this is one of the most, one of the things that excites me most about what we're doing here. It's, it's these. So this, these we have, things. we have several formats. This is every customer of Epo is getting that. Let's open that to see what this is. Your design. kangaroo. This is the kangaroo one. Wow. It has a, oh, so cool. it has a bunch of stuff. It has a motion sensors, smoke detector, fire alarms. Uh, and what happens? What happens when the person gets it? First, they smile, and then they just plug it in. They install it. What 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 happens then? So a, they get a discount. They get a smart home discount for the product. B, these are self-monitored kits. This is not. It was monitoring the, these these things. We have two smart smart home kind of strategy. Right. We have something which is the basic one, which is self-monitor, which is this one. And then we have professional monitoring where you're also paying, I don't know, 15 to $30 a month and you get a full monitoring or, you know, 
and then it's not it doesn't come to us it comes to the you know the police and stuff like sure. that but we only get if it's on or off but it's it's self monitor so it's not me being big brother and monitoring that right. and cap it's not about that it's about alerting you that you have a water leak in your basement and oh now i'm going to go and check it out as opposed to the water leaking for three days and then I'm coming to the basement and it's completely full. Sure. It's about these things. So one is uh, using the data ongoing. Second one is smart home. And every customer is basically, unless they opt out, get that. Right. And the third thing... Are people, are people open to, to doing that? To I, hooking them up? We have like a... I think 75 to 80% installation rate, so, which is that's, crazy. That's insane. Which is crazy because 10, 12% are opting out. So... You like eight so, percent are like you know. I'm like when I see a win-win situation, you're sending them these these devices pre, that Hippo is sponsoring, and yeah. then you're telling them, "Listen, we're not going to make money off of this. Let's form a win-win. You're going to plug these in. You get a discount on your quote. Yes, and you're not going to lose your house. You're not going to lose your belongings and, because and no, none of us want that. Exactly. You don't want to lose your belongings. We don't want to file a claim. So let's come up with a win-win situation where we avoid it in the first place. It's on us, and you get to you get a that quote. was exactly the strategy of this thing. It's, it, that, that is so cool. And is that so and is that proving itself? So now yes. that you're seeing it over, you know, uh, dozens of thousands of homes. Proving itself. We need more time to have uh, course, yeah, because a, it's a statistically significant like, it's uh, like venture component. Capital. You need at least nine years to show it. But it's also statistically significant. We know that for me, everything in, in insurance sure. needs to make a claim. So for me to say that it reduced by four percent, I need to have over a certain plan and a test and it's like but it's definitely. But intuitively, as a CEO, uh, yes. now, because you have to. And I, you know. and, I, and I get a lot of personal emails. Like, I get really? people are like, thank you so much for this. We had a leak in this and it stopped it. Or Amazing. we had a problem, you know, we, we woke up in the middle of the night because there was a fire alarm and then we realized there was a fire and it was another room and, you know, Amazing. stuff like that. So even sporadically, even if I have 100 water claims and I stop one in a hundred, it's better than not having it. Amazing. Plus the sense of trust and stuff like that. The last thing, which is also interesting for that, I think it helps build a brand yeah. in a world. So the thing is this, yeah. if you want to build a brand in general, you need to bring consistent benefit to a customer. Insurance companies, when I ask you, who are you, your auto insured with, I don't know, all states, state farm, maybe farmers. I don't, even, sounds I don't even remember. Because nobody, because you don't have any touch point with them. I and call them a year just, ago and that's it. And yeah. that's it. And then it stays. And maybe if you have a claim, you remember them. I go on my Gmail and I look up insurance car and I look and then you are, And then you're okay, yes, now I need to auto call. So think about that, that in order for us to build a brand, we need to bring value to the customer on an ongoing basis. Right. This send you, the, the door is locked. The door is not locked. There was a water leak. There's not a water leak. You build an affinity and it's a good positive kind of thing, which is very Why what, what's a hippopotamus? Out, right, uh, outside, right, right outside of this room, we have a huge hippopotamus staring at us. Yes. Uh, there are two answers. So, so the answer I usually give... I want give, the real one. No, so I, the, the answer I usually give, I'll give you, the, the, the real one is not <laughs> sexy at all. So I want the not real one. No, so the, the, usually the answer is that, that I'm giving is that everything with the word uh, mutual and state and farm was taken. So we had to come up with something different. <laughs> But the, the, the real answer is in the world so in the world of brands yeah. today, there's no more brands. There's no try and find a name for a company that you get the, the domain, you get the Twitter handle, you get the Facebook thing, you don't have 15 typos and it ends with uh, CO. You know, it's just yeah. not something that happens. 
So you're trying to find, and and you go. See, when I go that and you start and you start. No, don't go. You say, listen. Let's look at animals. Let's look at flowers. Let's look at Greek gods. Let's look at of yours places. Let's look at monuments. Let's look and and you and you're realizing really really fast. There's no more names. So then, at the end of the day, you find something that, you know, you don't really get the domain, but the domain is somewhat available. You get, you know, you're kind of making something. You said, you know what? And it's not associated, and you go for it. And in our case, it was hippo. Well, if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you there's probably 80% chance we're going to change. It's a placeholder. Amazing. That was like, let's say, yeah, listen, so we like it, but it's probably going to pop up as, as a problem or something like that. And we would probably need to do a redo of the brand and stuff right. like that. And with time, we actually liked it more and more. And, and, and It's know, awesome. It. Now, there's also another thing. There's a lot of, I read too many books on that, but if I summarize them into one kind of sentence is, the earlier the person who can grasp your brand, the better the brand is, okay. and the less it's associated. So Apple has no association with electronics and what it is, sure. but a two-year-old can grasp the name. Yep. Freaking awesome. Uh, so you're trying to find Google, something. similar, yeah. So you're trying to find something, but Google is probably an eight-year-old can grasp, not a three-year-old. Then the name Google? Yeah, like even though it's like it's not a, it's not trivial, it's not it's, it's yeah. not a concept. It's like you know, yeah, it's Google. It's, it's, it's something. It's, yeah. There's something behind it, but you know, it sure. used to be a time like you know, progressive. It's like yeah, so, yeah. So you try to find something, and, and not that everybody likes their insurance company. So you try to find something non-associated with insurance, which is memorable. It's kind of like you know, there is the elevator kind of test on telling a story. This is like it's an elevator test on remembering the brand when someone leaves the, the elevator or not. Yeah, What's but, the name of the company? What's the chances of me telling you, listen, we're an insurance company called Hippo. Just that. 100%. And then three days later, it's like, what was the name? Yes, Hippo. There's a way higher likelihood of remembering. And that was basically the thought behind 100%. it. Not that, uh, of course, we have uh, Ipo stands for home insurance policy, of blah, course, blah, 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 of course, and sure. bullshitness like that. I, saw, we, I can't believe we have to go in a minute, but I, ha I have to get your, I have to get uh, your point of view. You're in a hyper growth state. Uh, the company is doing very, very well. Already a unicorn. Uh, lots and lots of, of employees. How many employees are we now in the company? Two seventy. Two seventy employees. Did you did you think when you sold your last business that you're going to be running five years? Of course years not. Are you kidding me? This is like the two hundred and seventy employees. Asap, you wake up. You have to lead 270 people and it's growing. So every week I'm getting new emails. Welcome, blah, blah, blah. Welcome, blah, blah, blah. How, like, how do you approach this state of mind? Have you done this before? Experiencing this growth? Far for, no, not ever. Uh, but that's the reason why we're not selling and we're excited to come every day. Yeah. It's the growth mindset and how much I, I personally learn and the rest of the team is learning by evolving and moving to the next step every day it's a new day it's a new learning it's 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 a different me, company. I do, it's a different company i always ask myself am i the right person to lead the company am i the best ceo for the company can someone else be better uh what do i need to personally learn to be better or if i have gaps who should i bring into do you feel the, the same intimacy with the brand and with you know this desk and these walls as the days go, go by and, and you you disassociate more and more with the everyday things because you must be different listen different, different and it's part of the growth or it's you know, probably the hardest thing for me on my growth journey was to let go of stuff i used to know every freaking thing every every nuance, every contract everything and there's a certain point that a you can't because the entire management basically experience it about leverage finding someone else that can leverage you and not you doing it and the second thing 
you find people that are way stronger than you and what they're doing. You know, Rani is a way better technologist than what I am. And in order to attract the right talent, you need to let go and let them run their own stuff and not intervene and trust them to brief me on the stuff that I need to be briefed. So on the on one side, I'm not in the, you know, in the minutia on the other stuff. I'm exposed to a lot broader kind of things, which sure. I find really, really interesting. So that's part of the evolution and the growth. Definitely. And I'm constantly like, how, what's the next steps? How can I evolve? The day that I feel that, uh, you know, I've, I haven't grown enough to accommodate the business or that I've, ex- you know, I've hit my mark, that would be a different discussion. Do you feel that you'll be able to have that discussion with yourself? Yeah, yeah. I've no, really? I have no egos with, with, when it comes to the company on these wow. things. Even though it's your baby and you grew it from day one? I Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's, wow. it's, it's not about, you know, I never... Uh, it's not that since I was four year old, I wanted to be a CEO of a public right. insurance company or sure. something like that. It's not, that's not the driving force for me. It's about, you know, education, growth, uh, doing good, making an impact, learning every day. Because I think entrepreneurship is shit. It's hard. It's difficult. But there are several things that, are, that you can control. You can control the domain that you're working in and what you're working on. The people that you work with. And the, and the culture. And this is the biggest thing. And as long as you have, you're working on something that is interesting and, sure. and exciting, the people that you like, and I can still influence the culture and I like the culture of the company, I'm probably going to keep on doing it. I love it. Asaf, three words that best describe you. How would you describe yourself in three words? This is something that I ask every person on the show. And it's now fascinating to see it come together. Uh, so it's not, it's not worried. So uh, you know, independent thinker. Uh, I believe in uh, strong opinions loosely held. Strong opinions loosely held. So okay. I think that when you come into a discussion, you should have an opinion. Okay. But you should you should defend it, and you should be thoughtful. But you should be open that if someone comes up with data and stuff like that, that you're like, okay, yeah, I can see that, and you're you're loosely held. On, on so the, the second part is just as important as the first part. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, part of the other stuff is we have obligation to dissent and all of that of course. stuff is part of the culture. Uh, and then I think that uh, being a, a mensch and honest and good friend and all of that is something that is really, really important is for a company, for the culture, and for me personally. I love it. Asaf. Thank you very, very much. No, I'm, I can be, you know, happier than having you on board. It's like, this uh, is bring us a lot more Michaels. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. And, and I have to say that walking in here, the culture, it, 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 it perceives itself. And yeah, the business is great and the technology is fantastic. And, 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 I, and I love the people around me, the culture and the feeling that of, of what you've built here over the 270 employees. And I can't wait to see you grow and continue to grow. And I'm excited to be part of the journey. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for that.